You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time's done we're having a night. Hi, guys. It's Ari. And Sophie. And you're listening to Having a Night reviving the last out of the dinner party so we have a really exciting episode this week big one for sophie real big oh real big one for sophie ended up actually being a bigger one for ari actually, i'll tell you that that's much true that's true <laughs> for reasons that we will not give away now I, I i got a little lucky i got a little lucky let's get to it so before we introduce our guests sophie what did you eat so Harry and I had people over to our apartment for dinner for the first time last week since, you know, and Harry made a smoked trout dip. And I just want to give a shout out to a smoked trout dip because sure. it's so easy and it's so delicious to make at home. Like it's, and it's one of those things like making a gougere only even simpler where people come over and they're like, wait, you made this? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't just decant it. So Smoked trout, we've got like two packets of, you know, like fillets of trout, which you then kind of break up. You can use a fork or use your hands if you don't care that your hands are going to smell like fish for four days. Dill creme fraiche. He also added a little bit of cream cheese just to give it a little bit more body. Mm -hmm. Chives. We actually used ramps instead of chives because we were dripping, drowning, and something else in ramps. Um, (laughs) Salt, a lot of black pepper, and then served it with like we got a bunch of different kinds of crackers, but I really liked it on. I make this homemade carb, like a knäckebröd, like Swedish Swedish knäckebröd. Oh, Um, she's special. Put it on that, which has like a lot of sesame seeds in it. And it was so good. I'm trying to think if there's another ingredient that I'm missing, but like you could judge it up with a little bit of dried mustard powder or even regular mustard. You could put in like some hot pepper. You could put in a little bit of Tabasco. I feel like it's just one of those. It's a dip for all seasons. I actually made it for the first time after I um, had hung out with you guys and I was leaving to cook uh, Passover Seder for some people. And I made Mm -hmm. it for the first time that night. Yeah, it is great. And it is so easy. And if you don't want to break it up with your hands, I just threw it all in the, um, in the Cuisinart. Oh, well, so I think it also depends on how, how much of like a pate you kind of want it to be. Cause that's a great idea. This one was very chunky, which I really like, mm-hmm. but if you want it like really smooth, yeah, throw it in yeah. that food processor. And I just pulsed it, you know, I just pulsed yeah. it a little. So it wasn't, it was a little chunky. But yeah, it's so delicious. You can just buy some smoked trout, throw it in there. And I think with the, if you do put it in the Cuisinart, you don't have to use as much extra fat because like something about it being kind of whipped. Um, totally. Yeah. Isn't but, it so wild? Mm. Like how much whipping something changes the consistency. And we're not just talking about cream and eggs here. Like sometimes like I'll do my salad dressing in a, in an immersion blender and mm-hmm. it gets so thick. It's almost like a mayonnaise. Like it's That's, wild. Yeah. What about you? I'm in Michigan with my family, which means it's like a feast every night. So so tonight we're doing a, I just actually posted it on our Instagram. Um, We're doing a roasted lamb leg on the, on the rotisserie outside. (gasps) So that's going, that's always very special. It'll, it'll probably spin around over the fire for like, Sophie's raising her hand. Yes, ma'am. I'm raising my hand because is this like a homemade rotisserie that's over a live fire? Is this like a rotisserie attachment on a barbecue? No, it is over a fire pit. Oh. It's not like it's, it's, I mean, it's a motorized rotisserie that my, my parents have, but it's not like, it's just a, a metal thing connected to an engine that just slowly, you know, you, we, you do not have to hand crank it. I need one of those so badly. And how yeah. often do you have to feed the fire? 
Um, I'd say pretty often. Whenever we do it, it's like kind of an event. Like people come over because it's also many hours. There's music playing. People are, it smells great. So there's fire. There's um, a little bit of charcoal. So there's like some smokiness. There are wood chips of different kinds. Yeah, we actually, we also um, encountered a bounty of ramps this morning um, during our walk. So we threw some, some ramps kind of in the drip pan. So they're catching some of the fat, but they're also kind of creating an aroma and some, yeah, yeah, exactly. Aromatics. Wow. That sounds incredible. And so, uh, I mean, just like engaging all of the senses. What a time to be alive. Can I just say one thing about ramps, which is Ari sent me a photo of like this huge patch of ramps. Harry and I went ramp picking last weekend and got like two huge bags worth if you are going ramp picking, do make sure not to like grab a huge clump of them because they will not grow back in that space. So like you want the patch to stay verdant, but I'm like, then you go to the, and I, this is no shade on farmers. Like I get it. You know, foraging is definitely very time consuming, but like the price that people put, like the price sticker on ramps is insane compared to the fact that they're everywhere. They're growing everywhere. If you keep your eyes open, like you'll see them. It is crazy. It's like on our little hike, they were the only thing you could see. Like they were truly the only thing growing. Because so in this crazy. part of spring, we're like nothing is ready to come up yet except for like certain, I don't know, maybe certain flowers and like just ramps. And in the wild, it's just straight. It's just anything green you see is ramps. So my, I was like, Chris, we got to pick a lot of these and like bring them to the farmer's market. Like my, I was like, you know, Donald Duck or is it Donald Duck? <laughs> like, like, remember that show that like, it was one of the, I think it was DuckTales and it was a cartoon. No, you didn't watch television again, spoiled again, but it was like in his, in his, he had like a pool filled with money. That's how right, I felt. Right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 20 bucks a bunch. We could be, I could be rich. Yeah. I smell an opportunity. That's so funny. I'm a business Um, woman. Yeah, this week. Oh my God, guys. It's a big one. Because you know why it's a big one? Because everybody is always asking us to do a chocolate episode. We did one with the fabulous Maury Rubin, one of my favorite people we've ever met. This week we have on brothers, Mark and Phil Kovitz, two Beverly Hills guys. Oh my God. We had so much fun talking to them. They run the chocolate shop called and sons, which perhaps you already follow them on Instagram. Their chocolates are not only beautiful, but also incredibly delicious. I have been a frequenter of their shop in, since it was called Twisher, which was a shop that their mother used to own as you will soon hear. And they kind of have rebirthed this created their own, uh, brand called Anson. So instead of importing this delicious, very beloved uh, chocolate from Switzerland, now they recruited this incredible pastry chef and they are making chocolate, uh, like the most delicious modern chocolate, luxury chocolate that that you can, your mouth can get on. And the most important part of this episode, which even if you don't listen past this, you still can get 10% off of their chocolate. So they gave us a discount code, which we're so psyched about. So if you go to and-sons.com, when you check out, you put in the discount code, having a night. Having a and night. Hey, if that doesn't work, put in backslash having a night. You know, have fun. That might work. It's and-sons.com. And then on your order, the code is having a night. If that doesn't work, DM us. It should work. 10% off just in time for Mother's Day, guys. Yes, exactly. Perfect exactly. This Mother's is a- Day gift. Each chocolate is a work of art, truly. Oh, from truly. Yeah. But really, if you do try the discount code and it doesn't work, please DM <laughs> us and we will get on that ASAP. Okay, we love you guys. We'll see you on the other side. Here hey. we are with Phil and Mark Kovitz from Ann's Sons, fabulous chocolate company in Beverly Hills. So excited to have you guys here. I think we should start by tasting. So Mark and Phil sent us some of their chocolate, which smells so good and is so beautiful. I wish our listeners yeah. could see it, but we'll post a photo. Oh, Ari's is still unwrapped. Oh my God. No. Well, I wanted <laughs> to get Ari like, wrap it. Beautiful box. This is so fancy. Thank you. Guys, I already ate one. I'm sorry, but I'm going <laughs> to eating it for the first time now. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Somebody snuck in a piece. All right. Sophie's the real chocoholic in this relationship. So your listeners have a sort of visual and idea of the boxes you've got. I can sort of explain what what you got there. It's a 12-piece box, and all our boxes have um, feature 
both of the styles of chocolate that we offer. We have a modern line and a classic line. And the classic line is square shaped and they're enrobed. So they're more traditional, what you'd expect if you saw sort of a you know classic chocolate box. We do it in a French style. So they're square, um, they're sort of minimally um, uh, um, stylized, and they sort of have the more classic flavor profiles and ingredients. Okay, question. Yeah. Enrobed mean that's like when you watch chocolate, like like pieces of chocolate, then go through the chocolate fountain and they come out on the other side drenched. Yeah. Is that enrobing? Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Like the chocolate car wash. Yes. Yeah, the curtain. <laughs> The chocolate, curtain. chocolate curtain. Chocolate yes, curtain. Love curtain. that. And that's like what people imagine, or you've seen, you know, like when a chocolate is getting made and, you know, there's that assembly line, it goes under, you know, the curtain or the shower or the car wash and it gets draped in chocolate. Um, and so that's one half of the box. And the other half of the box is a modern line. And those are the round shaped chocolates. And um, they have the same contents on the inside in, in that they're chocolate and there's different things that kind of, you know, sort of are put inside. But the construction of it, the, the ideas behind it, what we put inside it just sort of varies from piece to piece. Um, and those are made in molds. So rather than the chocolate being crafted and then going under a, a belt that gets enrobed in chocolate, it's sort of like a, a mold that we put everything inside of, then right. cap it and close it. And then that gets released out of the mold and you've got your finished piece. Do you have other ones? I only have the Earl Grey. <gasps> Oh, master has struck on this podcast. Oh, oh my god, are you serious? Whoa. Guys, Ari's box is the most beautiful box of chocolates I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Mine are very beautiful and very delicious, but they're all the same kind. I'm so sad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god, I feel bad for Sophie. Hey, what Sophie, have okay. So, Earl let, me tell you, let me tell you what I have because they are very delicious. These are actually from a vegan selection, which I yeah. actually like chocolate is one of the few things that when you do it vegan, it's, I mean, so much chocolate is vegan. Like most of the dark chocolate that I eat obviously is vegan. So I feel like, you know, it's a very easy thing to be vegan with. So mine is Earl Grey, 55% Brazilian dark chocolate with mariage frere, frere tea and gold leaf. They're so beautiful. The scent is like unbelievable. It smells like, well, it smells like chocolate meets Earl Grey. <laughs> very into it. So just real quickly, we made that piece in the very beginning off the bat. Um, and it was it was part of a, um, a collaboration with an artist named Sarah Kane. And she was doing a an installation at Freeze in Los Angeles, where mm -hmm. she took over a brownstone and she did a whole installation of her artwork and different physical pieces. And she wanted to include chocolate as part of the, you know, the visitor's experience as, a, as um, sort of to reference when she does her paintings, the way she does it is she eats dark chocolate, vegan dark chocolate and drinks tea. What? And she said, how can oh. we do that in a bonbon? And we said, well, let's, let's make it happen. And so we put those flavors together, really kind of tailored to what she wanted to present at this exhibit. Um, and it's been a popular flavor ever since. And so we kept it. And it just works really nicely. And it's got a good, you know, good story. I'm so glad. Just really quickly, let's give a little um, synopsis of like, when it says 55% chocolate, that means it's, for dark chocolate, that means it's 55% chocolate, 45% sugar? Yes. Okay. So like when we see a percentage, that means actual cocoa versus anything else. But with dark chocolate, it's usually just sugar. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And I think one of the interesting things to talk about with the percentages of cacao is a lot of people get um, kind of hooked on a certain number. I think what we find is, so we source our chocolate comes from different places in the world. So if the one you're having is from Brazil, but Ariana, some of the ones that you have are coming, we have a chocolate from Madagascar. And, you know, the percentage differences between them aren't that, uh, there's really not that much, but the taste is quite varied. And it's more interesting, I think, to address where the chocolate comes from and the profile of that region rather than just the percentage. So we encourage people when they taste chocolate to think about the percentage, but also to think about um, the origin. And because chocolate from different parts of the world really tastes quite different, just like with wine, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a, a wine from Oregon, a wine from France, wine from California, there's going to be differences in taste really because of where they, where the, um, grapes are from. 
I mean, terroir. Exactly. Which is such a cool. And like, of course, chocolate has terroir. Coffee beans have terroir. Mm-hmm. I am a person who I don't love like high acid chocolates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How sometimes it has like a really like stringent note. Where should I be looking uh-huh. for my chocolate to be from? Well, I think you can come in and taste. I mean, I think our Madagascar Dark is one of our most popular flavors. I'd say we have all this chocolate from Caribbean. I find that to be a little bit more acidic than the Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the Brazilian. We also have a Peruvian Dark that we use. I mean, I think it's really coming in and tasting it and trying different ones to find what, what you like. Well, and I think the Madagascar is a great place to start. You keep saying like come in and taste it. Do you guys like, can you come into the shop and just taste chocolate without purchasing it? Like an ice cream uh, shop? No, I mean, but we all of our boxes feature so a variety of chocolates. Yeah. And, you know, people come in with some preconceived notions and we encourage them to sort of, to you know, try different flavors. Like a lot of people come in and they say, oh, I don't like white chocolate. And we right. also, you know, growing up in this business, we, you know, a lot of people we've learned don't like white chocolate, but I think we've done some really interesting combinations. For example, we have a passion fruit that's enrobed, that's essentially wrapped in white chocolate. And that combination is very unique. And it really, that white chocolate enhances the passion fruit flavors mm. in a way that even if you don't like white chocolate, um, the chocolate is, is um, sort of a great carrier for, for the passion fruit. So when we say people should come in and try, we encourage them to sort of, you know, get a box and, and try everything that's in it rather than, you know, limit, oh, I don't like this or I don't like that. Should I try one? What is this one that had the basil lime has like, is this your like insignia on it? Yep. Yeah. That's our, our monogram on there. Is it your favorite one? Yeah. Go for it. So there are two layers of ganache inside that one. Mm. Oh my God. I'm going to eat some chocolate. This is amazing. Yeah. The, first of all, the texture is so great. I love how I hate when you get a a a box of chocolates and it's like really chalky. And like dry and it, and there's like a lot of space between the coating and whatever's inside. This is like, it shatters. And then immediately what, I guess it's the, it's two different types of ganache inside. Is that what you said? But the creaminess, yep. but it's like, it's got a really like, it's not too gooey. It's just like a, the texture is amazing. But then, yeah, is it, it's that basil. I don't know. It's yeah. There's something kind of herbal, but also it's, it's not, it doesn't hit me with, with so much chocolate which I like. Right. Um, I ask a beginner question, which is what exactly is ganache? Ganache is when you take chocolate and you add cream, you add butter to give it the texture that Ariana was describing. You know, it's sort of, it's like a truffle is made of a ganache. It's got that sort of, sort of creamy texture to it, as opposed to a solid piece of chocolate where, you know, it's got a snap, it's got a crack, you know, it's got that sort of like harder texture to it. So got it. That's how you would uh, identify a ganache. Wow. And like, for example, and the, the vegan one that you're having is a ganache too. But in order to not admit, in order to make it vegan, instead of using dairy, we use water. And so that has a very different ganache texture to it. Since the cream sort of dilutes a little bit of the chocolate flavor and also gives it a much sort of creamier texture, the water, on the other hand, is much more like direct hit on chocolate. And like mm-hmm. a fudgier texture, like it's not as creamy. It's a little bit more of like a, you know, um, sort of less cloudy, you know, sort of less light, right. light variety of ganache. We have a few vegan items and, and um, usually dark, dark chocolate is, is typically vegan, but it's very rare to have a, gana- a vegan ganache because to get that creamy, you know, usually it's 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 milk um, and butter that are added to it, but we've done it in in that particular piece. Um, and I think also one of the special, you know, one of the unique things that we do is really finding the right combinations of flavors and finding a way to make them work together. Mm-hmm. Ariana just had the you know basil lemon verbena. I mean, that is an unusual combination, uh, but I think it actually, the way that we crafted that piece, it really does come together and it's finding the right balance. So it's not overwhelmingly the taste of basil. It's not overwhelmingly the, 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 the other flavors that are in it, but there's a balance. Um, we're not just making chocolate bars, but we're actually making these little bites, you know, almost like a cocktail, which is finding the mm-hmm. right balance of all the things to work together kind of 
harmoniously. And, and so you really have a unique finished product. So you guys inherited, I suppose, right? This chocolate shop from your mother. So who is now doing all of the flavor decisions? So was your mom the actual chocolate maker or did she run the store and had chocolatiers who she was working with? When my mom had this business, um, she imported Swiss chocolate. So she was a retailer for Toysher out of Zurich. And she was the second person to have a, you know, to have a retail toy shirt in the United States after New York City. And she opened it in 1983. And, you know, for the better, for almost 40 years, we were sort of their partner here on the West Coast, mm-hmm. um, you know, telling people about their brand and selling their brand, doing web orders. We had two locations at one point. And, you know, really it was like a sort of a retail uh, arrangement where we were their retailer and they were the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And when my brother and I took over, kind of going into it, we knew there were some things that sort of really hadn't changed in a long time and we want to address and, you know, kind of rethink about how we're doing things. Um, but then when we took over, we realized that, well, everything hadn't changed in forever and nothing really was relevant anymore. And it just felt dated and cliche. And we said, okay, we have to actually start over, um, you know, really kind of keep our customers, keep our location, um, but just right. evolve the business so that people, you know, find it. Um, and are excited about it, you know, in the way that they were excited about it the first time around, you know, in the eighties and the nineties, when, you know, having European chocolate was really special and you couldn't get it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just a real treat, but that, you know, that sort of time had, had passed. And so it was like, what is there now that we can do to kind of give people, you know, a, a new, a new approach and a new spin on it. So now we actually make our chocolate. So we reached out, um, to a number of people. We found a chef who actually happened to be here in our backyard in Beverly Hills. His name was Chris Harvey, and he was the executive pastry chef at the um, Bazaar, the Bazaar by Jose Andres, mm-hmm. which is at the SLS Hotel. When we met with Chris, you know, the idea was, and he was already doing some things that, you know, the way they did it there for dessert was, if you wanted dessert after your meal, you'd go to an entirely new room. And in that oh, wow. room, there was, a, there was a collection of everything. I mean, there was cakes, there was cookies, there was gelato, there was chocolate, there was pies, oh, and it was like, you can get whatever you wanted and you can have a whole dessert meal after your meal. Right. Wow. <laughs> and it was amazing. And Chris was already doing things that were really interesting. And we, you know, met him and said, listen, we want to, we want to update what we do now. Um, you know, really do it sort of um, true to the ingredients and true to the, the process and true to the European sort of approach to it, but just do it in a much more modern, you know, way that, that like feels like it's from us. It feels like it's from California. It feels it's contemporary. And he was, you know, on board with that. So uh, when he came on, we we built out a kitchen and started making our own products. And um, but did you guys you had to like cut ties with Toysher? I mean, we kind of gave them a chance to to move things forward. You know, mm-hmm. before we did this, we went to them and said, "Listen, it's been forty years. Nothing has really, you know, evolved over this period of time. Right, right. Customers aren't, you know." getting we're not getting any new customers here Mm -hmm. and looking at it for you know the next generation what you know we want to do something different we think it needs to sort of change and they sort of obviously doing what they do decided you know weren't planning on making any changes or at least in our lifetime making any changes and so that's when we said okay well you know what relationship has run its course great how much chocolate do you guys eat every day (laughs) oh god (laughs) a ton I eat chocolate all the time. We eat a, yeah, we eat a little bit every day. I mean, you know, I think it's just part of, you know, it's it's sampling product. I mean, it's trying new recipes. You know, we'll we'll meet with with chef and and try new recipes. Also, sampling other people's product. It's um, you know, just part of the job. Yeah. Right. Right. Of course. When I go, when I go home, my wife says, "You ready to chocolate?" Eat. And then we have more chocolate. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't stop eating chocolate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, fine chocolate is something that, you know, we you, you eat it in, in small amounts. I mean, it's not something, you know, you enjoy it. You don't eat a lot, you know, a few pieces. And I think it it really is is satisfying. I think we find our customers, you know, will have a little bit, they'll enjoy it. But, um, you know, you don't need to have a lot to right. to be kind of satiated. Totally. Yeah. How long do does a you know, from when it the product is finished, how, like, what's the window of freshness? We encourage people to eat it as quickly as possible. Okay. Because, uh, you know, that's sort of when it's best. Because as soon as it's made and um, enjoyed, you're, you're condensing 
the shelf life of it and you're kind of enjoying it at its prime. We tell people to enjoy it within 10 days. Um, and within those 10 days, you're definitely experiencing in, in its sort of, you know, in its, in its freshest experience, freshest time frame. Um, it can last another 10 days after that. Um, it's just not going to, you know, and, and different pieces have different sort of, you know, different um, sort of processes for how they age. But within 10 days, you're good. After 10 days, you're still good, but it might not be as fresh as the first. Should I try a praline? Piece? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which actually, one should I try? I think you should try next from the modern line, the passion okay. fruit caramel. I'm so jealous. I know. I love making you jealous. Orchard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So the passion fruit caramel is the yellow one. It has a okay. white chocolate shell. And oh my God. Inside, it's so pretty. A Brazilian passion fruit that we use. Oh, wow. Um, and oh this has God. become one of our most popular, one of our most popular flavors. What are the first um, kind of impressions you're getting, Ari? The passion fruit hits like it's so bright and so delicious. But you're right, the white chocolate then comes in later. Oh my god, that is fantastic! It's incredible. Then it's like the white chocolate then comes and like it's so creamy and delicious and light and like a little bit. That's incredible. Wow. We experimented with this. This originally had a dark chocolate shell. And as we, as we said, we, we, we taste tested this with white and dark and we found that dark, we competed too much with the passion fruit yes. flavor and the white um, really enhances the, the, the passion fruit. So this is one of those examples where it's really, um, it's got a thin layer of white chocolate. Um, and again, it's finding the right ways in which these um, ingredients come together that make it, you know, sort of the perfect piece. And so we, you know, have settled on white chocolate with this one. Well, again, you want people come in and they say, oh, I don't, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want any white chocolate. We say, taste this, see what you think. And then usually say, um, shut they're, up they're and convinced. eat this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. And also just like the, the complexity of the passion fruit at the caramel with it's like got that kind of, obviously the burnt sugar happening from making, that is what mm -hmm. caramel is in the butter. I mean, caramel, yeah. Sophie, Sophie. Listen, you're landing, you're landing, here. you're going straight there. Doing on my cuticles. <laughs> <Desk. I know. laughs> we're going to pick you up at the airport. <laughs> what are the paints that you guys paint? Like, what is the edible paint that you use? Or is it just Yeah, so actually cocoa? it's a colored cocoa butter. Yeah, wow. so that's a cocoa butter layer that gets that gets inserted into the mold. Um, and we have some great videos online you can see, but basically our chef and our chef posts all of this content online too. So you can see how it's done, but essentially there's a, a layer of, of colored cocoa butter that gets placed into the mold first. And then on top of that, the caramel, the inclusions get, get, get put into the chocolate and then it's capped as Bill mentioned earlier. Um, so the molded pieces, there's a number of steps that they go through. Um, but each one of those molds is, is, um, hand painted and it makes for each chocolate is, is essentially unique. I have a question about like, you've got Chris now on the team, got Chris on board. Is yep. it, did you just say like, go away, Chris? And like, Think up, dream up, you know, your chocolates or were you guys like, these are some flavors that we know work or that we like, or that we'd like to see, like, how does that kind of collaboration take place? Well, it was sort of, we had a starting point because we had as Toysher, we had sort of like a background with what we have sort of served our customers in the past. Right. And so for him and for us, it was, let's find those things that are the classics, right? That people know really well are accustomed mm -hmm. to want to re-experience or if they're doing if they're doing a gift they want to make sure that person has something that they like you know so we started off with those and you know some of which we had sort of already had and we just did our own version of mm -hmm. or some of which were entirely new like basil lime was not something that we'd ever sort of had before right but it was something that he had suggested and sort of he's done in the past and so we said great it's in there and you know we spent obviously a lot of time like trying the different ones out on the modern side, it was really more about sort of um, working with him and thinking about, you know, what is there that you are, that you like to work with? You know, for example, yuzu is something that yuzu, the citrus of yuzu is something he's, he really likes using with ganache because it's a very like sweet and sour flavor when you kind of combine it with um, chocolate. Incredible. So he was interested in doing that one and sort of using that one for a number, you know, for one of the flavors. And so we kind of, you know, we 
kind of came together and, and sort of did it all um, piece by piece. You know, I think people get set in their ways. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And we found that even in our business now, you know, the flavors that we've had that we've rotated through and people get pretty, you know, passionate about yeah. what they yeah. like and, and they, sure. they they sort of get stuck. I mean, we have people that come in, we'll just order, you know, 50 of all, they, all that's all they want. They just want this one flavor. Um, and and that's great. And I think we it's been interesting to see on the flavors that we've developed, which ones have kind of become you know, people have really um, gotten hooked on. And the passion fruit is certainly one of them. We have another one that's a speculoos cookie butter. Mm. That one's big popular. Gorgeous. Um, it's blue. It's like, and, oh my God. Oh my God. You they guys, look like, they kind of look like beautiful gumballs. Half. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Now we yeah. into another piece. So there she goes. I just did that. Well, <laughs> first of all, this really does taste like a speculoos speculoos, however you pronounce it, cookie, which is a flavor that I know and I'm familiar with, but I'm unclear what that is. Cause I feel like I always have it as like a butter, you know what I mean? It's become a, it's become like a cool flavor, but, but it is from a cookie. What is that cookie? Yeah. It's a Belgian cookie. It's British? It's oh, it's Belgian. Like, it's a very Belgian uh, uh, traditional cookie. That's a cinnamon sort of cinnamon flavored cookie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's delicious. It's, it's sort of a little... like a, it's like a butter. If you, you know, it's like a butter cookie that you would, you know, like a shortbread cookie that we know to be like just a sort of classic shortbread cookie. Mm. If you're looking for a shortbread cookie, I think in Belgium, this is sort of like the style of cookie that you would have. It has oh. these other flavors that are added into it that give it that unique sort of cinnamony, spicy taste to it. It's so good, and as someone who, as Sophie knows very well, does not tolerate cinnamon well. Mm-hmm. My my favorite flavor is hazelnut, so it's like a counterbalanced, right? Yeah, you know, so that one and has, the cinnamon is very very. It's just a little bit, right? Right. So that one has praline, which is added to the to the speculoos cookie. Wow. Um, and it's also a dark chocolate shell. So, you know where the is, dark chocolate's delicious. Yeah, you know the cookie is sort of on the on the sweeter side. Hazelnuts are on the sweeter side, having a more bittersweet chocolate. Um, allows that piece to not get like too, too sweet. You know, it's like there's the balance right. of like what's inside there being sweet and then the shell sort of giving it a more, you know, restraining that sweetness at the end. Should we keep going? Oh, sure. We could do the Madagascar 64%, which is just a classic dark chocolate. I mean, first of all, just like looking in a, in a chocolate box with and having like the pictures, the legend. I mean, it's such a fun, like nostalgic thing, you know, to be like, okay, which one is this? Like Not- a, yeah. Yeah, kid. Okay, this is gorgeous. It's like one of the traditional uh, yep. chocolate squares, and it's got these like kind of purpley berry stripes on it. It's like marble, kind of. It's in robes, yeah. if I may be so bold as to say so. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's so good. good Sophie, this Sophie's got Sophie's name on it. This on purpose. Like, I know. This is Sophie was so this excited. Is called torturing Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, eat more of your Earl Grey ones and, okay. and pretend. <laughs> this is so nice. The it's so it's rich, but it's not like I'm I need to go take a nap, you know, because right. the berry is so berry it's so good what do you guys use is it like a blackberry yeah. so it's nice a madagascar and tart. it's from madagascar it's a single origin chocolate mm. um and it is it that madagascar is known for really great cacao um and it's sort of like a modern dark chocolate because it has in the way that coffee now has you know notes of fruit and um you know different flavors that are not overpowered by roasting or and or the other processes that, you know, for, for a long time, sort of coffee became just like one note. Right now you can go and right. these coffees that have all these different variations of flavors. Um, the Madagascar kind of falls in that category. It's a really wonderful cacao. Um, it has notes of berry, dark berry, black berry. Wow. Wow. That's um, insane. Blueberry. When it, when the, when the chocolate is made to sort of exemplify those characteristics we don't do much else. I mean, we sort of help that along. So it's a ganache. We've added cream, we've added butter, and then that's it. I um, legit thought you added berries to it. That's crazy. Right. 
<laughs> right. Wow. That's wow. Job kind of means job well done because that is the point is to that's insane. Of like really find the instances in dark chocolate that kind of make each one unique. Here's a question. Yeah. What are things that you guys think pair really well with chocolate? What are things that you think do not pair so well with chocolate? Like Ooh. I personally don't think like red wine pairs very well with chocolate because it's sort of too much of like the same acidity. But like what are some of your favorites or things you hate? So we have done wine tastings, you know, since it's been virtual, uh, virtual life for the last year, um, we've done wine pairings um, with chocolate and they've been really great. I mean, they've been like fun. They've been tasty. They've been enlightening. Um, and we have done our chocolates with wine and the the wine brand that we worked with works sort of like, are we going to do this? Is it going to be any good? I, mm -hmm. I, I hate chocolate and wine. Terrible combo. Mm. And um they were surprised. I mean, we sort of sent them a bunch of options. We tasted them together, decided which wines worked really well. And um, there is a nice balance from with our chocolate and wine um, because they're not overly sweet. I mean, when you're, yeah. when you're eating dark chocolate, uh, Madagascar, it's, it's like wine, right? It's like mm -hmm. wine in that it's a very subtle flavor for what you sort of are experiencing from the cacao. It sort of is a subtle, you know, way to sort of, enjoy, you know, the chocolate. And, and I think wine works really well with that. I guess um, also I'm like realizing that I just said that I'm like, oh, that actually sounds really small minded because if we were talking about the terroir, both mm -hmm. of wine and of chocolate. So it's like, of mm -hmm. course you can find things that should taste good together. Very well. Right. Sure. I, you know, bourbon like, is a classic uh, mm -hmm. pairing as well. I, I think it really depends on also, you know, I mean, there's such a variety in chocolate. It's finding the right pieces that work. But I think, but you know, in the menu of offerings that we have, there's things that that do work well. I mean, we've also paired it, you know, when we do taste things, we always include some of the inclusion. So when we do a hazelnut chocolate, we'll do some actual hazelnuts. And I think it's fun to taste the raw ingredient and then see how it, is introduced within the chocolate and do you you know are you able to pull out those flavors after just eating a hazelnut we'll do the same with dried fruit so we'll have um you know with passion fruit we'll present a, a piece of passion fruit and then taste the that piece since you had the madagascar 64 percent, the next thing to have is the berry noir the dark berry okay just another square dark chocolate piece i don't know if i have that one yeah so there how's it feel oh. <laughs> How do you feel? Good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the modern time. Let's do a round one. Okay. I've got a pop rock praline. What? Um, I know. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, so that so that one's quite popular too. That that is uh we use an unflavored pop rocks and a hazelnut praline. So that the flavor what you're gonna get is the hazelnut, and then the pop rocks, you'll feel them. Um that's really just for nostalgia and for some novelty. It's it's also quite popular. Um, yeah, this is something that explodes in your mouth in a way that feels yeah. so good, but really exciting. It, it, oh my it God, crackles. I can. I can yeah, it I remember mm, it had like a ton in your mouth, and it just like gets stuck to your teeth, kind of as it's crackling. So but remember good. that it had like a foot shaped lollipop. You, you basically foot. ate a foot. Huh. That's an yes. interesting oh choice. Oh, yeah. She's right. Pop rocks, lollipop, so maybe we crazy dips. A, <laughs> Pop rocks, maybe we crazy dips. Foot. I think you should. Oh, my God. It's actually quite, I'm like, damn, the aesthetic is foot. great. Anyway, okay. As you were saying, okay, wait, did you have it? Did you try no, it? No, should I do? Should I try that one? I right. in. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see, but she's dancing. She's kind of dancing. She's kind of dance there. This, okay. <laughs> Sophie and I, uh, yesterday we do a thing called chip hour on Instagram live. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, we were doing like, I don't know, like a truth or dare kind of thing. And she, one of the questions she asked me was like, what, what does, if you could only have one dessert for the rest of your life. And I said, I would want like, like nocciola gelato, mm. like the, the oh, yeah. that intense flavor of just hazelnut. And that is like yeah. what the, the center of that is. It's yeah. so, yeah. it doesn't taste like fake hazelnut. It tastes like you ground up a bunch of hazelnuts and they're creamy and it's just pure hazelnut. And then obviously the pop rocks are, it's amazing. It's like how, if there, if there were actual bits of nuts in, in a nut butter or in a chocolate, that's how, that's like the platonic ideal of, of the texture. Cause the nuts themselves wouldn't yeah. be as crispy. 
how much, like Ari was just saying about like, it tastes like actual ground up hazelnuts. How much of what you guys are using in your chocolate is actual natural organic material that we would recognize and how much of it is, I don't want to say chemicals because that sounds bad, but how much of it is like additives and stuff like that? There's nothing that we add other than butter, cream, nuts. So Uh, like your lemongrass uh, flavor, like how do you do boil your lemongrass in cream? Like how do you do it? Yes. Yeah. So lemongrass, we, you know, we visit the Santa Monica farmer's market. Our chef picks out the herbs that he wants to use. For example, yuzu, you can't get year round. So we'll sort of hoard up on yuzu. We'll zest a bunch. We'll freeze it. And then as we need to make more, you know, we'll def- def- defrost it and use it to make a, you know, add it into the cream to, um, to infuse. Uh, infuse it. Thank you. Yeah. To infuse the creams with those different um, herbs or flavors. All right. Hold on. Another burning question. Yeah. Have you guys thought about or have you ever done like a, an infusion or, or a mix with like cannabis? We've, we've, we've done it for ourselves. We've never, we've, we don't sell it. We haven't sold it. It's, um, we've sort of experimented it with, with our chef, some CBD mm-hmm. oil. I mean, we have friends that are, that, 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 that have different products that we've tried. I don't think it's something we'd ever sell really to the public. Um, that's a, it's just a different, it's a different business. Right. Um, you know, we sell to families, to, you know, pe- people of all ages. And I think, True. um, so we sort of staying in our, in our lane of, um, chocolate that appeals to, to everyone. Um, and so there's no confusion about what they're getting or if there's any, you know, w- what our products is. is who it's yeah. For. Have you guys ever done like a, chocolate themed dinner party like where cacao is in every dish oh but i like that idea but i also feel like cacao beans obviously taste so different from like the finished product of chocolate so i feel like you could do so many different things and like using cocoa butter yeah you know before adding sugar i don't know i feel like you could do really interesting right and actually the the pulp that's in the cacao pods when you open them up is delicious. It's like a very fruity, very, mm. um, very tart flavored, um, sort of like a mucus. And you could like definitely <laughs> do that, right. In, in a number of different preparations. So can you eat the entire fruit of a cocoa bean, cocoa pod? Mm, no, I mean the sort of outer layer, the, the, the sort of skin of it, people probably the somehow you know, break down to use for some form of something. And, you know, probably maybe other chocolate makers get derived chocolate from some, some of that part of the cocoa pot, the, the pod, but it's not like an edible, you know, right. intended to be edible. But then you open it and you have cocoa beans, you have the pulp. Is there anything else in there that we don't know about? Nope. Those two. Nope. I mean, the husks, imagine like doing like a, like a fire, like grilling over cocoa pot husks mm-hmm. incredible yeah you're laughing at me i think it's i think in the meal part of the eating, dinner we're eating out of the husks i think the husks are we're eating out of the husks this is the dinner party that, that you're hosting that we're all going to at your place and you're going to make uh, a dish and you'll yeah you'll serve it out of the husk i mean Wait. sophie i'm ready for this dinner party i also am ready you you provide the cacao and i will do the rest <laughs> With Ari. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I love it. I'm also, I'm envisioning like a dinner finish, party. finish on one piece? You yeah, know, let's finish on one piece. Let's do it. Where are you? Uh, what should I, where should I go? What's speaking to you? So the yuzu verbena yeah. is a sort of like another sort of popular one for us. That's the one that's got green and yellow so pretty. corals to it. So that's a good one to try. And then on the other side, you could do the pecan coffee, which I really like. And if you're a coffee drinker, I don't worth, think I have it. <gasps> oh no, I do have it. Okay, I'm going to do that. Milk chocolate line on it. Mmm, it's so nice. The texture to have the pralines in there, and it just oh my god, that's so good. Is this more okay? It's sixty three percent, so yeah. it's not as not as dark. And I'm sure the Peruvian you guys can speak on. Yeah. The different notes that Peruvian chocolate has. Yeah. But Peruvian is much more of like a, just a straightforward chocolate, traditional mm-hmm. chocolate flavor. Um, so it's sweeter than the Madagascar. Um, it has that sort of chocolatey taste to it. Um, 
And I think what really is special about this wow. one is the coffee. So for this yeah. one, we use counterculture coffee, which is the coffee we serve in our cafe. Um, and we infuse a dark chocolate ganache with that, with that um, coffee. And it's just a very, you know, bold, really great coffee taste. Um, yeah. That combined with nuts just sort of makes it a nice sort of sweet and sort of sweetens it up a little bit. Oh my God. Or that is like chocolate espresso bite. Exactly. It's like, well, that would be so nice after dinner. I mean, yeah. all of these just to, like at a dinner party, just to bring out a big tray of these beautiful chocolates instead of in lieu of dessert. Yeah. Or sent. I mean, if you're really, really posh, like sending people away with a little box to go right. home. Oh my yeah. God. That's like, why they have the party favor box. Yep. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. <gasps> well, this was really fun. I mean, even just watching our lying. lying. No, I'm not lying. Even getting to watch her try them was enjoyable for me. And getting to just talk about chocolate and think about it and hear get some knowledge bombs dropped on me. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm excited to I think we need to have a follow-up where Ariana has like yeah. she's the one that gets screwed. And there's something that she really, 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 really exactly. wants. Can't live without. And, and we're eating it in front of her. And yeah, yeah and she gets dumped a zero, a big zero. Yeah. What would it be? Oh my God. What is that going to be? What would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I might no have to think about that. So it can't be hazelnuts. Yeah, if you guys are, if you guys are all. Jordan almonds. I do love a Jordan almond, but that's so, so simple. Oh, really? A good Jordan almond. The other idea is we don't, we all do something, mm-hmm. but we send her a clown or something to like make her experience terrible. Hey, I didn't do anything wrong. She, no, to be fair, sorry. <laughs> I just want to say level, all right, we did something wrong. Actually, it's our fault. So, I guess I we're getting the chocolate. <laughs> I think Sophie. Actually, this is great because now I I think my mind is is I opened and now I will enjoy chocolate more with you. So it all worked out in the end. I'm so sorry for uh, your your loss, your chocolate. So loss, sorry for your loss. <laughs> I can't I, believe it that we you were like we all I just got all of the same. Can't believe it. You know what's so sad about that is like I was so excited until I found out like yours was so much better. Yeah. You know, it's like wow. getting a part and you're like really excited about the part until you realize like someone who's just like you got a part that's eight times better and you're like, oh fuck. I shouldn't have yeah. even been excited. Should have felt yeah. bad. Truly sad. I'm sure it's emblematic of something, but I can't think of what yet. Anyway, anyway, we love Mark and Philip. So much fun. Oh, so much fun. And such great guys. I really just, I enjoy talking to people who run family businesses. Yeah. I just, I think there's such a unique family dynamic that must go into keeping a business alive and working with your brother. You just develop this, this kind of rapport and the banter. They're lovely. And their chocolate yeah. is delicious. And Sophie, you're in LA now. So no excuses. You got to take them up on that offer. They're going to give you some more. Also, guys, the Oscars happened last night. I don't know. Ari, did you watch them? Of course I did. Me too. Did you? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, I really was like, I'm not even going to watch this year. It's like, who am I kidding? I'm still so excited. Um, I thought a a lot of it, in a way, was actually really great. Like, having it at Union Station felt, like, really nice and intimate. More of, like, like having it at, like, a... It reminded me of kind of Joe's Pub in New York. Like, having it at a nightclub as opposed to, like, this grand theater... Although I did miss, like, obviously the big, more performance moments. Like I wanted, I wanted every original song to be sung, you know? Yeah. I wanted, and I wanted more footage of all of the films. That was what, that that was was particularly strange. I was like, I would have liked to see these best actor nominees doing their best acting. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That I thought was a bit weird. I mean, I agree with you. I liked, I, it felt like it had like a little bit more reverence than it usually does and a little yeah. more like carefreeness, which I thought was good, but then I agreed, like it was missing the actual performative aspect and the, it's like, it is performance. So can we just embrace that a little bit more? New York times, there was some funny line about like, it felt like a cross between the golden globes and basically like a funeral dirge for like the yeah. last year that we've lived through. But I thought I thought they did actually pretty well given the circumstances, and at least they tried to do something actually different as opposed to mm-hmm. like we're in the Kodak Theater with twenty five percent capacity or something. Yeah, Tyler Perry for me oh. just took the night. What an incredible, incredible oh person! God. And his speech of just 
weeping. Like he's so, I mean, you look at someone like fucking, I'm sorry, but like Elon Musk or, you know, even Kanye, someone who has billions of dollars, what are they doing? You know? Yeah. He just puts so much back into the community. That is so, that's the number one thing for him. He is just sign me up, Tyler Perry, whatever I can do. Yeah. I will meet you in the middle. Yeah. It was so nice to see that humanitarian word presented to someone who feels, I don't want to say young and relevant because it's not that the other people are not relevant, but it felt so like, wow, this is so of our time. This is so, I don't know, contemporary in some way, you know, and what he was saying was just so it's like, these are all of the, uh, anyway, I agree. I thought it was very, very moving and and really wonderful. And also the director of another round. (sighs) Yes. Oh my God, guys, if you didn't watch. Yeah. Please watch that movie. I also feel like like another round, it's so having a night. Like I felt like the ethos of that film was like, so a part of how we kind of strive to live our lives. Like this idea of like, what is it to be really free and enjoying? And sometimes, sometimes things go wrong too, but (laughs) yeah, just drink a little too much and and eat a little too much and just enjoy your, uh, the company you're with. Exactly. Uh, All right, guys. So having a night, is the discount code for Ann Sons this week. You get 10% off Ann Sons chocolate if you go to their website and-sons.com. And the promo code is having a night for 10% off of some chocolate for Mother's Day, for treating yourself day, for whatever day. But use that promo code because you do not want to miss this chocolate. And that is coming from someone who is not really into chocolate. So, you know, it's good. Oh, and by the oh. way... We're taking a little bit of time off of chip hour just because we're like in separate places. It's the beginning of summer. We want to relax a little bit. So we'll probably see you guys in June, maybe before, but we'll see. Yeah. You never know, but we, yeah, we're traveling a little bit. So the show, we will be putting out regular episodes of the show is the good news. Every Thursday as rate and review the show. We would love that five stars. I love this podcast. That's exactly. that's all you have to say. I love this podcast. Five stars. Yes. Okay. We will let you go. Use uh, the promo code having a night and some chocolate. And we'll see you next Thursday for a brand new episode of having a night. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.